So what the heck is equity financing? Let's find out. Hey there, it's uh, David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com and the David C. Barnett Small Business and Deal Making Podcast on iTunes now. Um, it's the blog and YouTube channel and iTunes podcast and everything else where people come to learn about buying and selling small businesses, how to finance them, wealth issues relating to entrepreneurs and anything else really that people want to ask me about. Today I'm responding to a comment that was left on a YouTube video where someone asked me to share uh, what exactly equity financing means as it relates to small and medium-sized businesses. So I'm going to take you on a little tour of the balance sheet and we're going to talk about how businesses are financed in general and what equity financing actually means. Let's go over to the whiteboard. Alright guys, I've drawn a rudimentary outline of a balance sheet. And just as a quick recap, and I'm not going to try to teach you everything there is to know about accounting here in one, in one brief moment, but an income statement or a profit and loss statement tells us the story about what happened in a business over the course of time, like a year. How much money came in, what the expenses were, etc. A balance sheet is more, it's, it's not like a movie, the income statement's like a movie, the, the balance sheet is more like a snapshot. It shows us a picture of what the business looks like at one very specific moment in time. And usually when we look at balance sheets, we're looking at year-end balance sheets, but we could also be looking at something called a starting balance sheet, which is what is created when we are either launching a new company or when we're creating a company to acquire an active business. We're gonna create a new corporation, let's say, which is going to buy an existing business and the banker will often ask us for an opening balance sheet so that they can get an idea of what the company will look like on the day it makes the acquisition. So basically, in any business, we have two sides of the balance sheet, and the reason it's called a balance sheet is because the two halves always have to add up to the same amount. It's one of the simplest forms of checks and balances in the world of accounting. So under A, we have assets. So these are things like cash, uh, receivables, um, inventory, anything that's going to turn into cash within a year we call current assets. They're typically on the top. Anything that is longer lived, like machinery, land, these are longer term assets or non-current assets or sometimes referred to as capital assets and they typically go on the bottom of the of the assets. So if we're going to have a business we need stuff. So we need to have inventory and some money in the bank. We need machinery and equipment for the workers to use. And we need maybe a building to put them in or maybe we're investing in fit-ups to a lease location. So all of these things are the assets, the things that we need to make our business work. Now, how are we going to get our hands on that stuff? Basically, the other side of the balance sheet addresses the question of how do we finance the assets in the business. Now, L is for liabilities. So it's things that we owe. So in an operating business, you're going to find things like payables. So you get the phone bill from the phone company. It says you owe them $100. You record that as a payable because you owe the money. But then when you pay the bill, cash goes down and the payables goes down, right? And then the payable disappears because you've actually paid the bill. But while you owe the phone company money, it's called a payable. And so the biggest payables, obviously, are from our suppliers who give us goods if we resell goods or who give us our inputs if we're like a manufacturer, okay? So we have our payables, and then we have short-term financing, things like a line of credit. And then if we do have machinery and buildings, etc., we might have 
longer-term financing uh, or long-term liabilities. And just like on this side, they go towards the bottom. So things like a bank loan uh, or maybe even a mortgage. So these are the liabilities or the debts, okay? Also, it's sometimes called debt. This part down here is the equity. This is the part that the owners put in. So one of the critical things that bankers look, look at when they're going to make a loan to a company is they look at the debt to equity ratio. They basically ask, how many dollars of debt do we have for every dollar of equity? So when we're starting a new company, we have something called owner's contribution. It's also called share capital, things like that which is actually money that the shareholders have put in to begin the business. We also have something called retained earnings. So if we have a business that's been going for a while that's had profits in the past, if those profits have not been paid out in the form of dividends, that money is still in the business, it's going to appear down here as retained earnings. Now, the comment was, David, talk about equity financing. So what we're going to basically do is we're going to expand upon this little section down here called owner's contribution or share capital, all right? So the simplest form of share capital is if a shareholder, let's say me, decides to open a company, a business, and I put some of my own money in. And what is created would be perhaps some common shares. Now the term common share usually means a couple of specific things. Common shares generally are the voting shares of a corporation meaning that the owners of the common shares are the ones that get to cast a vote at the annual general meeting. Now, there can be more than one class of share, okay? And there can be different common shares with different rights, and then there can be another set of shares called preferred shares. And preferred shares is when we basically offer people something in exchange for something. So generally what happens with preferred shares is that preferred shares don't get a vote but what they do get is they get their dividends ahead of the common shareholders. So what you might see on a more complex company's balance sheet is different types of share classes. There might be A, B, C, D classes of common share. There may be A, B, C, D classes of preferred shares. If you look at the public, um, publicly available financials for a big bank, for instance, what you'll find is references to series of preferred shares because it's one of the ways that, that banks like to raise capital. So just this very morning, I had a conversation with somebody who is looking at doing an equity financing deal in the acquisition of a small business. So what are they planning to do? Basically, they have found an investor who believes in them and wants to give them money to help them acquire a business. It's going to, I'll use a round figure, let's say it's $50,000. What the two of them are going to negotiate is that there will be a preferred share class. So the entrepreneur, the main bigwig, the guy who's running the business, is going to own all the common shares. His investor that he's invited in is going to own preferred shares, and they're going to have a certain specific amount of return attached to them. So let's use a round figure again, let's say 10%. What that means is that every year before the common shareholders can be issued a dividend, the preferred shareholders have to be issued their $5,000 or 10% of the 50 grand. They have to be issued those dividends first. So it's a preferential treatment. Okay? The other reason it's called preferred share is that if the business ever were insolvent and had to be liquidated, 
the preferred shareholders would get any money left available at the end after the debts had been paid before the common shareholders would get any piece of their money. So the other thing that you want to keep in, in mind is that if the agreement between the shareholders says that the preferred shares must receive a certain amount of money every year, then the bank may in fact consider that to be debt rather than equity. So some of the language that is sometimes used when we talk about equity financing are things like cumulative. So in the example of a cumulative preferred share, it means that the preferred shares get their dividends before the common shareholders, but if there's not enough money in any given year, if there's no profit to issue a dividend, it means that there is no dividend. However, the dividend becomes a payable. It's something that is owed to those preferred shareholders. So in the future, if profits go up, they're expecting to get their missing dividends and the current dividends that they're owed before, again, the common shareholders are going to get any of theirs. Now, there are no hard and fast rules about these different kinds of share classes or types of equity. It's entirely up to negotiation, and there are laws specifically locally that may apply to these types of things when you're issuing shares. So if you're issuing shares, you have to comply with what's called securities legislation, even if it's a small business, and you may find that there are exemptions to the filing requirements for things like issuing shares to people you already know, friends and family, that kind of thing. You need to check those rules locally before you go ahead and do this kind of thing. Because, you know, 100 years ago, people used to wheel and deal in this kind of thing and rip people off, and there are all kinds of rules around how you put together these different kinds of equity financings or basically share offerings to different people. You need to have a local advisor who is familiar, and that usually means an attorney who is familiar with securities rules in your local area. And you also have to be aware that the bigger you make this thing, if you try to go and offer shares to people you don't know or strangers, you're probably going to run afoul of the law. There have been a lot of changes in recent years in some jurisdictions to do with crowdfunding for equity, where certain websites can be used to actually raise some of these, um, this funding through the sale of shares on a crowdfunding platform. And from what I can see in reading different articles, the way that they're managing the risk to the public is by putting certain caps on the amount of money that can be raised. For example, no investor can put more than $2,500 in, that kind of thing. So I hope that answers your question. It is quite a mouthful, but basically, if you are surrounded by people who know and trust you and believe in you as far as business goes, you can actually create methods for getting their money into your business, which don't necessarily come with a monthly payment, which of course is one of the features often of debt. Equity owners or shareholders in a company get paid last. So that's why it's one of the preferred methods of growth for things like high-tech startups where they don't have sales, they don't have profits, they need to use equity fundraising methodologies because they simply can't afford to have a monthly payment on any kind of bank loan or other sort of debt. Now, if you're thinking about buying a business, what you should be doing is going over to businessbuyeradvantage.com to sign up for my Business Buyer Advantage online course where you will learn how to buy a business. Some of these topics are touched on in that, but more specifically, the actual nitty-gritty step-by-step detail of how you go through looking for, finding, analyzing, making offers, getting a deal done, etc. It's about nine hours of video tutorials that I've done and 
every week people sign up for the course and they love it. 30-day money-back guarantee that nobody has ever asked me for. I've got a lot of confidence that you will enjoy the program. If becoming a successful business owner is something you want to do and you want to take the shortcut to profit, you go out there and you buy something that already makes money. Thanks. I'm David C. Barnett. And if you come on over to davidcbarnett.com, you can sign up for my email list where I will send you a new video just like this one every week and help you learn more about the world of small and medium-sized business. Thanks, and we'll talk to you soon.